Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be talking with Mariah Mancato about alternatives to pain management, a physical therapy approach. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. For those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. Today, my guest is Mariah Mancato, and she graduated from the University of Michigan in 2013 with a Bachelor of Science in Movement Science and then received her doctorate in physical therapy from Central Michigan University in 2016. She is an APTA certified clinical instructor, a certified brain injury specialist, a PWR Moves certified therapist, and has received advanced training in craniosacral therapy and vestibular rehabilitation. She works at Origami Brain Injury Rehabilitation Center and treats clients with various neurologic and orthopedic conditions. Origami Brain Injury Rehabilitation Center is a nonprofit organization located in Lansing, Michigan. Origami provides comprehensive rehabilitation care for survivors of brain injuries and their families. Through their compassionate and innovative service, Origami creates opportunities and transforms lives. Welcome to the podcast, Mariah. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you? I'm great, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited to have you here and talking about pain management. Um, I think it's an incredibly important topic, Um, but I would love to have you start just by sharing how you came to work in the brain injury realm. Sure. Um, So kind of long story short, I never would have thought um, I would have ended up in brain injury. Um, When I went into physical therapy as a student, Um, I went in really thinking, you know, I want to work with athletes and um, Mm -hmm. all this business. That's what interested me at the time. Um, But I went on my first clinical um, where you're a student and you kind of go out and you're actually seeing real clients. And um, it was in a hospital in an inpatient rehab setting. Um, And we saw, you know, clients with various neurologic conditions. issues going on and things like that. And that's really where my love started to grow. Um, Just kind of thinking about 
the neuro realm versus the orthopedic realm of physical therapy. Um, and then actually, you know, fast forward a year and a half, I had my last clinical internship at Origami um, and had the chance to really gain a lot of exposure to working with clients with brain injury. Um, I was here for 14 weeks as a student, so it gave me a lot of opportunity to um, work with a lot of different people and see a lot of different things, and my love just kept growing and growing. Um, so I was lucky enough to join the origami team um, following that internship, and um, here I am now. So I just love working with clients with brain injury and seeing the impact that um, we as therapists can have on their everyday life is, is really amazing. And, you know, I have to say, having visited Origami and spending a few days with you guys at the Michigan Conference, um, everyone is just so incredibly wonderful. And, um, you know, I, I was the keynote speaker and I had a booth with my um, my books and they gave me an intern just to take care of me all day. And I just thought that was the <laughs> coolest thing. I've never had that at a, at a conference before. And she was so wonderful. So um, everyone at origami is so great. So um, I'm, I'm glad that you're there and I'm glad that you're here today. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just kind of jump into talking about pain management. Um, you know, I, I, I assume most of our listeners know that, you know, typically with a brain injury, it's not just a brain injury. You, you likely have other injuries that accompany it. Um, you know, for me, I had pretty severe whiplash and I also had a dislocated um, sternum and clavicle. Um, so I assume the majority of patients you see have some other form of injury, even if they don't realize it. Cause I think, I think whiplash is probably the most misunderstood um, component. You know, uh, mm-hmm. how am I trying to say this? If you have whiplash, you probably have a brain injury. And if you have a brain injury, you probably have whiplash, right? <laughs> like they kind yes, of, yes. not, not a hundred percent of the time, but you know, a lot of the time. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so I'll let you kind of take that over. Sure, I'll dive into that a little bit. I think um, particularly in the realm of physical therapy, we see that whiplash injury or those whiplash-type symptoms in conjunction with those mild brain injuries or more of those concussions. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely, you know, a very common complaint after being involved in any kind of injury where you've hit your head, Um, you know, the whiplash can cause headaches and other issues too. And like you mentioned, you also had issues with your sternum. So not only um, are we dealing with pain issues related to like hitting our head and now we have neck and head problems, but a lot of times our clients are coming in and they have broken a bone um, Mm -hmm. because of their involvement in that injury. So it's not always just the, the brain injury related problems but these other issues that they come in with as well. And, you know, the combination of those things can really make um, for a complicated presentation. And I think sometimes that's why pain management is such a, a a difficult thing um, that we're working with because there's just so much going on um, post injury. Um, And then particularly we have different kinds of severities of brain injury, Um, So, you know, we might have those whiplash symptoms with 
more of our concussion um, type clients, and then those who have severe traumatic brain injuries who are dealing with spasticity and joint contractures where they're not able to move their arms or their legs through the full range of motion, they can start developing pain um, there as well. So, you know, there's so many different components and reasons why um, after a brain injury we could have those pain complaints. But, you know, it's not always one thing or the other, but I think we really need to be thinking of um, our clients as the whole body and the whole person. Um, when we're starting to address these issues. Mm -hmm. And how interconnected it all is. You know, your neck is directly connected with your brain, right? And so if you're having neck issues, it can be inhibiting. I know in my case, you know, I had such severe whiplash. I didn't have any relief for about two and a half years. And once we finally got the relief with the whiplash, releasing that tight neck just like drastically helped clear up some of the stuff in my head. Um, and and also cranial sacral therapy, which I know you're trained in as well. Um, that was actually the first thing that helped clear up some of the brain fog, um, before we even got to the whiplash. And so, you know, there, there's so many things out there that are available and I just, you know, so many people are left, um, basically telling them there's nothing they can do for them um, or else just strictly going right straight to, to drugs um, and medications. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess what's the first way you want to jump into this? I'll kind of let you steer what you want to talk about. Sure. Well, I think since you already brought up, um, you know, some of the cranial sacral um, therapy you had and then maybe some other manual therapy techniques um, to address the whiplash symptoms. Let's just kind of dive into, you know, thinking about what PT has to offer. Manual therapy is definitely um, one of those Mm -hmm. things. And so thinking about, um, you know, the more common PT approaches of like soft tissue mobilization, a lot of people Um, equate that to massage it's not necessarily the same thing though Um, but for all the listeners to kind of picture what I'm talking about here you know really addressing those restrictions in the muscles and that feeling of tightness that sometimes we develop um, with the whiplash symptoms Um, but also joint mobilization so when we're you know, really tighten the neck and we're maintaining that position, we're actually losing our range of motion in the neck. Um, So now our joints are not actually moving quite like they should. So we also use, we call them joint mobilizations, but things to really help um, get the neck moving again. I tell people so frequently, the worst thing you can do is stop moving. Um, But if they're never able to initiate (laughs) that movement, it's really challenging. Um, So trying to at least increase some kind of range and ability to move um, is really crucial to, you know, making those lasting changes. Um, so we have those traditional uh, physical therapy approaches. Um, but like you mentioned, there is also something called craniosacral therapy, and I have um, gotten additional training in that. Um, and I think that's something that not all providers are as familiar with. Um, and I used to not really know a whole lot about it, but I've treated enough clients with brain injury to know that, you know, I used 
my other tools. I used the soft tissue. I used the joint mobilizations. And, you know, it made a difference, but there was still something there. Um, you know, people would feel better, but not 100%. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I got involved in learning more about craniosacral um, because I felt like I really needed to better serve my clients. Um, so I went and did additional training with that. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've learned is it's such a gentle approach. Um, you know, sometimes yes. it's really hard to get your hands on a client when they're having neck pain or headaches or anything because just it's too much. They're too tender. They're too kind of flared up. Um, and so my favorite thing about craniosacral is it's so gentle. Um, and, you know, you can really make a, a big difference. And, you know, it's not necessarily something that's happening right at the site of their pain or their problem, but thinking about how the whole body is connected. You know, it might be something um, lower down in their spine that's actually causing mm -hmm. the problem they have in their neck. Um, so there are physical therapists and other providers that are trained in, in craniosacral, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely another option that's out there for pain management, and a lot of people do respond well to that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love cranial sacral. You know, I, I, I yeah. thought it, you know, so the first couple sessions, you know, you just lay there. You literally just lay there, and um, it, in my case, it was a physical therapist, and he literally just, like very, very gently put his hands in certain places, his fingers in certain places of my skull. And I, I just laid there and I'm like, okay, this is weird. And by like the second or the third treatment, um, you could hear like little tiny clicks. I, I, that's the only way I can explain it. Like little tiny clicks or pops. And um, all of a sudden the pressure released out of my head and Mm -hmm. getting rid of that pressure in my head just freed out so much other energy for my brain to do other things. Um, yeah. It was really, really profound. And, you know, at that, at the point I went into it, I, you know, I was, I, I had no idea what it was, but I was so um, uh, searching for something to help. And so that was the first thing that anybody did for me that actually helped. Um, so I'm a big advocate of cranial sacral therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I tell clients all the time, I'm like, I promise it's going to feel like I'm not doing anything. Right. Because it's so gentle. <laughs> like, they're like, why am I just laying on this table? But, you know, it, it really is that really gentle touch. And it sometimes does take a couple of sessions to make that difference. So you didn't feel it until you said the second or third treatment it was session. It the second or third treatment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I tell my clients that too, it might not necessarily be like a quick fix kind of um, therapy. And I don't know that necessarily, you know, if you're really wanting those lasting results, we want that quick fix kind of therapy because the body needs time to adjust and um, to kind of work itself out. So, you know, for those out there who are investigating craniosacral, give it some time um, would be my mm -hmm. recommendation. And that's what I tell my clients too. So. Absolutely. And do you work, 
you know, so you were, you were saying earlier, like joint movement um, and range of motion. Um, do you find that people's gait is often impaired? Um, I know for me, I had no idea my gait was off. And when um, the right doctor finally found me and was like, oh, we need to work on your gait. <laughs> um, and once it was pointed out to me, it was so obvious, but I had no idea that like, I was like shuffling my feet. I wasn't taking full steps. Um, do you do you find that to be a big part of your puzzle as well? Yes. So um, in any level of brain injury, what we're really starting to pick up on are changes in um, the visual system. So that, um, in addition to kind of maybe like the whiplash you've experienced, can make you even more guarded and even more tense, um, you know, tense from your head all the way down to your toes. And so you're walking different, you're moving different, because maybe you're even a little unsettled, right? You're nervous about falling. Right. Um, so you're not right. taking your normal full steps anymore. Um, and, you know, it could be a whole host of other reasons why differently, other than their visual system. Um, but regardless of the cause, um, you know, if they're not moving the same way, they're likely going to start to develop pain in different areas. And, you know, that's why people start to get pain in their mid-back, their low back in addition to maybe the neck pain they had started with, um, because if it doesn't get treated, it can kind of have like a trickle-down effect um, the more they move in that kind of um, area of dysfunction. They're kind of maintaining dysfunction, and they keep moving, yeah. trying to move as best they can, and it's just impacting everything else in their body. Um, so, you know, it might not be necessarily um, – you know, a hands-on physical approach, maybe it's something else that causing causing them to move differently and and we need to um, get to the root of that. And so the visual system is a whole nother issue to tackle. Yes. Definitely yes. something worth um, considering when we're thinking about why are people having the pain that they have. Um, but once they get people moving and walking and walking better, um, you know, as physical therapists, we really want to see people move. And so even doing something as simple um, as like some kind of exercise program, a walking program, um, you know, it can be quite meaningful. So, you know, when I tell my clients, you know, we really need to get you walking, they kind of roll their eyes at me and, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, there's so much um, that exercise can do for your body and how it affects your ability to process um, the pain signals that your body's giving you and things like that. So when we have that pain, particularly chronic pain, um, our sympathetic nervous system is just like on overdrive. It is out of control. Um, and one way that we can work on breaking that cycle is through exercise. And exercise is actually going to stimulate, you know, release of endorphins on our own, you know, not you needing a medication to do that mm -hmm. for you <laughs> to feel better, um, but kind of initiating it within your own body to be able to, to manage on your own. So that's something else I really work on with clients is getting them to move and move frequently as much as they can, because that good exercise is going to make a big, a big, big difference in how they feel, you know. It also just makes your mood feel better because you're Absolutely. feeling like you're doing something, uh, not just, you know, sitting down and doing nothing. 
And I think, unfortunately, too many doctors, um, you know, if you're if you are diagnosed in the beginning as with a brain injury or, you know, um, concussion, as it's often called, um, you're told not to do anything. You know, just I, I know I was told um, for three weeks to just sit in a dark room, no TV, no screen, no reading, mm-hmm. no music, no nothing. And the mm-hmm. longer you sit in nothing, the more the pain creeps in. And then the more pain you have, the more you don't want to do anything. And so exactly. I think doctors are finally starting to shift that paradigm. But um, you know, the exercise is so critical. And I know for me, I had a lot of um, dysautonomic issues. And so I couldn't do anything that was too heavy cardio, because um, my heart rate mm-hmm. would just right up. Um, but mm-hmm. I could do, you know, with with dysautonomic problems, you can do things um, like lying down, like Pilates style exercises. Um, yeah. Yoga. Yeah. yeah. And even just seat it, you know, you can lift some little arm weights. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things you can do without, you know, necessarily being strenuous. And um, exactly. for me now I'm, I'm up to, uh, I do like a two mile walk um, a couple nights a week and just getting out in nature even, you know, is, is a huge therapeutic bonus too. Definitely, definitely. And I do think, you know, previously that was kind of the way we manage, you know, stay in your room, don't go out and do anything, things like that. I think um, I think the mindset is changing a little bit where we are encouraging people to do more, but also particularly when you're newly diagnosed or the injury just happened, you want to make sure you're not increasing your symptoms. So if you get up and you go yeah. for a walk and you become more dizzy or like for for you, you know, you would have some changes in your heart rate and things like that. That's a good cue that, you know, you're not ready to kind of take that on yet. Um, yeah. So kind of moving within your own constraints, I think, um, is is something to be aware of. But moving, period, trying to move, you know, would be something I encourage all of my clients to do because it is very therapeutic and and physically it's good for you and mentally it's good for you. And there's just so many benefits. So. And I think, you know, when you, when you have someone who say is more of an athlete or someone who's very, very active before their injury, um, I hear all the time how frustrating it is for someone who was an athlete um, that they can't go right back into whatever, you know, like maybe they were a marathon runner or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, how do you help them, that, that type of patient, how do you help them understand, you know, what those limits are? And, and like you said, you know, if it flares up symptoms, obviously you should, um, you know, cut back a little bit. But how do you help someone who is much more active, who no longer can be that active? Sure. I think part of the the piece of that puzzle is finding something they can do now, almost to kind of fill that void in the interim of, hey, I can't go, you know, running for five miles, but maybe um, like a stationary bike, like a seated bike, because it's a lower level of intensity might be something that 
is more reasonable or something they can do without increasing their symptoms. So, you know, usually what I try to do is find something that they still enjoy, um, maybe that's a little less intense, and then help them um, kind of pursue that for a while, um, knowing that the end goal would still be to get back to, you know, what they were doing initially. Um, the other piece of the puzzle to that, I would say, would be to connect them um, with a psychologist and kind of talk through some of those coping strategies because your life is different after a brain injury. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that can be hard to deal with. So um, I work very closely with our psychologist here at Origami, and, you know, really the whole team plays a role into how are we managing the pain and how the pain's impacting their everyday life now. Um, so thinking about it in that realm, kind of leaning on your your peers for help because we can't, you know, deal with everything. And there are multiple components to consider when we think about the whole person and, and how um, their lives have changed since this brain injury. Yes. And, you know, I, I, that that's such a valuable point. Um, I know I was probably 10 months, eight months um, into my brain injury when I was finally um, referred to a psychologist. And I was really fortunate. I got a great one right away. And he fully understood chronic pain and he understood brain injury. And, um, you know, he made, he validated me and made me realize okay, you're not crazy. This is a real thing. And, uh, you know, that itself is so valuable in the recovery process. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think that's the case a lot of the times. I have clients who come in and say, you are going to think I'm crazy, but here's <laughs> what I feel like. And, you yeah. know, just getting that um, affirmation that, no, you are not crazy, like these things, there are certain things that are, you know, very common after having had a concussion or a brain injury. Um, and, hey, here are some things we can do to help. I think, you know, gaining that hope changes, you know, your world, especially if you've been dealing with the symptoms, like in your case, for months and months and months without any relief. That can be really hard to, yeah. to deal with. So mm-hmm. giving clients and- that hope again. Is, is pretty critical. And, you know, when, when you understand chronic pain and how it's a cycle, you know, you might, you might start to feel better. And so then you do a little bit more, but then now you're in pain again. And then, you know, it starts that whole cycle over again. And that can be really frustrating because you just don't understand what's wrong with you. Um, and so mm-hmm. having, having a support system around you that understands it, um, I know that was the biggest struggle for me is I'd have a really good day and I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to do this today. And then I'd be wiped out for four days. And right. you know, it was so frustrating, <laughs> you know, and I'm talking just doing simple things that I, you know, like cooking dinner, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just things yeah. we take for granted that we do every day. I mean, for me, showering and washing my hair, oh my God, I needed to take a nap. (laughs) That was the most exhausting thing in the world. And if you've never experienced it, it just sounds so crazy. And Mm. yeah, to have people who really get it and can help you. 
Yes. And I think you bring up a good point because, you know, your your feelings or the feelings you're describing is that neural fatigue. You know, you hardly did anything and you're exhausted. Um, yes. And really managing that neural fatigue, because, um, again, we think about our headaches. You know, if you haven't had a brain injury, when you're tired, it's much um, more likely that you'll be having a headache. I mean, that's just kind of everybody, right? But add a brain injury on top of that and the neural fatigue symptoms you experience and you now have headaches, well, maybe it's not a physical issue, but more we need to better manage that neural fatigue and kind of plan out rest breaks throughout the day and, you know, not when you're feeling great, just push through and overdo it like how maybe you experienced a couple of times. But um, really helping clients understand those symptoms, better management of those symptoms, and I think a lot of times they see better um, management of their headache symptoms because they're managing kind of those other brain injury-related yeah. issues. So there's so much that goes into pain. And, um, you know, like I've said you know, a million times already, we really have to think about the whole person and all of their symptoms that um, are coming into play. Yeah, absolutely. So Mariah, we are just about out of time, but I want to make sure, is there anything we did not cover that you wanted to touch on? I know we could talk for um, days about pain, but. (laughs) There's so many different realms of pain and and how physical therapy can help um, manage those symptoms. Um, But I would like to touch on, I guess, a couple of the different options. And if you're somebody who's experiencing pain symptoms after a brain injury, um, reach out and see if any of these, you know, are options for you. But we've touched on the manual therapy and exercise. Um, There are other things like electrical stimulation, um, breathing and mindfulness activities can be really helpful. And again, breaking that pain cycle where the nervous system is out of whack. Um, Helping with sleep hygiene. Um, If you're, again, deprived of sleep, your pain threshold is going to be much lower. So really helping our clients get better sleep to manage their pain. Um, And then so much research says the better you understand pain, the better you cope with pain. Um, So as providers and as doctors and even as brain injury survivors, really trying to get a grasp on why do I experience pain and and how can I cope with that? it, there's so many benefits to, to doing that, and a lot of clients see value in that and are able to function better in their everyday lives. Well, Mariah, this has just been an awesome conversation, and thank you so much for being here and sharing. Like I said, we could talk for days about pain management. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and for being here. And just thank you to everyone at Origami for all that you guys are doing for the brain injury community. It gives me such hope knowing that there are people out there like you guys. I wish, you know, I wish I had found someone like you guys you know, two and a half years earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you, Amy, for all that you do. Thank you for having me on the podcast and for being such a wonderful advocate um, for brain injury survivors. It's awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just a reminder, you can always find all of the past episodes at facesoftbi.com. And just another big thank you to Midwest Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And a big thank you to Origami for um, just supplying us with such great speakers for our podcast. And just a reminder, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. And I will see you all again next time. Have a great day, everyone.